Queer Rights Sessions, QWS Podcast, in partnership with Blarney Books and Art in Port Ferry. I'm your host, Rob, aka RWR McDonald, and this is a Words and Nerds spin-off series. Thanks, Danny! I'm coming to you from the land of the Wurundjeri people, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Each month, QWS Podcast will bring you reviews, shout-outs of LGBTIQA plus writers, and feature an interview with a queer writer from our rainbow communities. And now on with the show. Amy Wilson is a British-Australian illustrator and writer with a love of creativity for good. Born in the UK, she has recently returned after six years of working in Australia and currently lives in London with her partner. By day, Amy works as an art director in advertising with a passion for ideas that tackle inequality. By night, she illustrates and animates the Queer Chameleon, an anxious animal series. Queer Chameleon and Friends is her first publication. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks for having me. An opening question that we ask all our guests on QWS Podcast is, how has your work influenced your ideas? Massively. I didn't realise how much it was going to, I think, until I got into the weeds of it. So I think even like the platform you mentioned, like the webcomic has probably done as much of that itself. Um, But when I first started, I thought I knew and I thought I knew my identity and I thought I knew a lot about it and my community. And then I think as we explored the different chapters that we were going to kind of build out, uh, I found myself having to actually do quite a lot of education um and the more education I did the more I realized actually how much depth there is and even sort of internal debate within the community about different types of labels and um different definitions and so I actually realized like there are parts of definitions that I have used for my labels since I was really young that people have different um experiences and um, opinions of so that's been quite fascinating um and I feel a lot more confident in my own identity now than I did before which is pretty cool I think yeah absolutely and um I, I I'm obsessed with queer chameleon and friends uh, <laughs> and yeah look congratulations it is just such Thank a you. beautiful book but what I thought I'd do for the listeners is I'll read the blurb um my dear uh and you know if anyone hasn't been on TikTok and Instagram and is wondering what we're talking you need to <laughs> get on to it exactly so a vibrant and uplifting collection of comic illustrations about LGBTQI plus life for the community and beyond from the creator of the online sensation at Queer Chameleon that's loved by millions. Queer Chameleon and Friends reminds us that all experiences are valid, empowers us to accept and express our identities and those of others, and reassures us that even in the challenging moments along the way, there's light and humour to be found. In this colourful, insightful and funny book, writer and illustrator Amy Wilson explores aspects of existing in a world not always designed for you. From silly questions and awkward but sometimes accurate cliches to the trials and tribulations of coming out or choosing not to. A collection of beautifully illustrated conversations between the beloved character Queer Chameleon and their friends from across the community. It's a joyous celebration of life outside the boxes modern society has created. Oh, so true. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm glad glad, because it's so funny hearing it read out by other people that you're like, I hope it actually is that. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) is it? Um. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, no, look, it is so joyful and gorgeous. And I think it's a fantastic resource that you've created for everyone, for all humans, um, mm -hmm. educational and accessible, uh, regardless of their sexuality. And for queer folk, it is so validating and fun. And I love that it's for all ages as well. I mean, I hope it makes its way to all school libraries. That would be incredible. Oh, that would be a dream. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, imagine, you know, growing up and having that and seeing yourself reflected and your communities there. Um, yeah, I think you've done a, a very, very good thing. Uh, thank oh. you, Amy. So how how did the book um, come about? So you, we, you're on socials. Yeah, what's the origin story? So you obviously mentioned Anxious Animals um, sort of briefly at the beginning, and that was uh, a webcomic that I'd started during COVID just to deal with like my own kind of mental health and anxiety. And at the same time as sort of making that, I did a specific comic within that about a chameleon that was coming out and it was sort of reflecting uh, my own experience. Fast forward a year, I sort of set that up as a separate um, webcomic and then thought, what the hell, maybe I should get on TikTok because that's where all, um, I guess, well, where everybody seems to be. So I kind of taught myself how to animate. And when I say taught myself how to animate, it's like a really bad version of Peppa Pig. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's very rudimentary because I, I literally am teaching myself as I go. But it really, it took off. I was not expecting, to be fair, any of um, it to resonate as much as it did and to, to start to reach as many people as it did. And being completely honest, I actually never had a set ambition to make a book there's always like I, I think when you come across a really good idea every so often you're if you're a creative person or you like writing or you like stories your mind sort of goes there but I had I would have had no idea where to start um and I think the immediate sort of growth of the audience catches people's attention and especially public publishers at the moment are looking on TikTok I think yeah. for because they're like there's an audience there if there's an audience ready for a particular idea maybe it obviously gives us the opportunity to um create something that will resonate and so i was actually approached um completely out of the blue by penguin who the, they just sort of expressed that they absolutely loved the character um and they just asked the question had i considered making a book yeah. <laughs> uh, i thought it was a spam email when i first got it <laughs> um <laughs> being honest a very clever um, spam email yeah well I, the thing is they're getting so they are getting so clever and to a certain extent I had to be like with the logos there uh yeah. like there's yeah. they had attached like a few documents so I was like actually maybe this is legit um but I, I initially and that, that also stemmed from like just the lack of I mean complete disbelief I think that someone had been like oh cool you've got something maybe we can turn it into something even better um and it sort of took off from there so we, we started to discuss about like what that would look like excuse me it was quite lucky that I guess I had um like a, a bank of content already um with the yeah. Instagram platform and so it was really a case of I thought I could just sort of lift a lot of that and put it into the book but as I learned knowing nothing about publishing it's a lot more complex than that and so there was a bit of a process with working with the editor and doing a significant amount more work to come up with actually new content, because obviously that's what people want to see um, in a book, but also stitching it together for it to make a narrative, like a, a good narrative, because yeah, yeah. people who don't know, they are sort of um, uh, standalone comics. Generally, it, they don't necessarily string together, but I worked with an incredible editor who managed to kind of make it quite cohesive. We, we, we carved out the um, themes together. So there's things yeah. like beyond the binary and coming out and they kind of like a 
buckets essentially of content but she did a wonderful job in kind of putting those together and it almost feels like it flows like a narrative even though they also exist on their own so yeah no it absolutely does and I and I love you know you can still dip in and out um but yeah if you want to read from cover to cover you can and I think it uh listeners this is your go-to birthday book present uh yeah, so, for any age. If you're thinking, oh, what should I get someone? Get Queer Chameleon and Friends. You go, you've heard it, yeah. heard it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I um, love it. It's a, it's, a, it's a good gift book. I think that's a great show. Oh, it's brilliant. But it's just it's just such a good book. I think every house should have it because, you know, in terms of education, you know, I know that there are some fantastic allies out there. There are people who want to be a better ally and don't know sort of quite how to approach it. And you do it in such a beautiful simple but clear way yes no and the little chameleon of a tree um, <laughs> people no. learn from kids i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> we're going right back were you always uh drawing from an early age or creative like how did you sort of story tell so yeah i was that kid in school who wasn't really paying attention because they were just doodling in the margins um yeah throughout my entire entire school life actually and probably I'm surprised I managed to get through university because I don't think I really paid much attention but um I never saw it as a career choice I think it's just one of those things that people tell you oh you know you can't necessarily make money out of art and so I kept it as a hobby um but I've always just drawn on and off since I was was probably old enough to hold a crayon but I think going into advertising is what led me into like being able to shape stories and take people on a journey um and come up with a a concept or an idea I probably wouldn't have known how to guide that before then yeah it's really interesting yeah uh, a friend of mine in science we would do cartoons right there yep sorry sorry family um (laughs) (laughs) now I'd like to talk about TikTok so I I have Gen Z kids and so they've been on it forever and um are horrified if I ever got on it uh and as authors um a lot of us get told to get onto TikTok or as writers but what has been your experience with the platform and any tips for storytellers listening and no- noting this could be a whole podcast in itself so oh, 100%. yeah yeah and let's do that because i would love to talk about it i think it's fascinating um, yeah, yeah so well if it's any consolation i had no idea what i was doing when i started and I would say I only have a little bit more idea now, and that's just learning from my responding to what people respond to. Um, yeah. But I, I went, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned sort of like having the, this generation perception of not really knowing what to do. One of the reasons one of the first videos I ever made did well was because I made a mistake. So I used an audio um, that I thought was quite funny, uh, which was to do with um, sort of just, it was a funny song with LGBTQ in it. Cause I was like, oh, that's a great way to launch my chameleons. Yeah. And the next day I woke up and it had gone viral. I was like, oh my God, I've nailed something. I must have done it right. And then what I realized when I went to the comments section was everyone was ripping it to shreds because everybody hated that song. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, it was it was interesting because it was it was kind of like sort of good and sort of bad because everyone was like, oh, I love the character and the animation. Terrible song choice though. And I was like, oh God, the first thing you should do is like, if you're going to use an audio, check that it's not been like cancelled or... <laughs> because that <laughs> I was like oh oh no I've made the like my case like millennial mistake of not really understanding how the platform worked um but I guess like in terms of actual tips I think d- don't be a 
don't be afraid to test things because I think when I first started I had a very like I'm just going to animate my comics because I was like I know what works on Instagram I was like oh I'll just take those and I'll animate them um but what I quickly realized was the audience is totally different so it is as, as you kind of mentioned much younger and also the platform itself while I do a lot more animation now that is a little bit closer to my comics it was piggybacking on trends and using the right audios and then just tailoring those to my content so if there was a particular audio I would see if there was a link to one of my characters or if it was a a link to a topic about the queer experience or something like that rather than trying to just do completely original content which can be a bit weird if you do enjoy making your own stuff because you're like well I I should just put it should just be completely by me um but yeah so it's it you have to be quite immersed in it because it's sort of staying on top of what's trending or get getting inspiration from sorts of other creators but it is a bizarre one because when you start getting it right the reach is is much greater than some of the other platforms so it's it's one that I'd, I recommend like just experimenting on and, d- and don't be discouraged if you don't get huge reach immediately it yeah. can be something that takes a little bit of time my numbers fluctuate all the time yeah no it's fascinating um yeah, my daughter, um, yeah, will tell me, oh, this, you know, this is trending, you do this and this and and, and yeah. with this, and I'm just like, what? But then, you know, the next day or something is, you know, there's something else. So, yeah, that's, that's. so do you have to spend a lot of time on it just to know what's what's trending? How do you, yeah, how do you go about that? Much to the um, distaste of my girlfriend, I would, I would describe <laughs> myself as, like, chronically online. Um, so yeah. I, I do, and I, th- I think it's, I'm a mixer of like I, I'm a doom scroller so I'm on there anyway just because I've always I, I was on the platform before I got on it to right. create a sense so I, I kind of already knew my way around it yeah. but now it's um I try and limit my time just for my own like mental health and like yeah. just not being lost in it but I just try and like um go on with an aim of being like oh I'm gonna find a funny sound that I want to save to use next time or I want to find a new creator who sort of inspires me um so I try and do it with a bit more purpose than yeah. I maybe at the very beginning where I've just been endlessly scrolling <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, be a little bit more thoughtful yeah oh that's great and it, look it's it's work but also there's just so much incredible content on there which is just so entertaining and fantastic around socials something that uh, was raised was around censorship of LGBTIQA plus content and the challenges. So have you had challenges promoting topics online? Has the algorithm sort yeah. of... So certain words which just, I don't know, somewhere in some computer land, there's a tiny little red light that flashes. Um, so literally simple terms like gay or lesbian, if they are in copy or if they are in said in the video sometimes, it's, it's, it's not um, consistent. Sometimes it happens, sometimes right. it won't. But I uploaded a video... Oh, it would have been early last year, I think. And it was it it wasn't it it would have not crossed any boundaries, any community guidelines or anything like that. It would it was literally talking about lesbians and it got removed for being inappropriate. And this is from, <laughs> um, from TikTok. Yeah, as in there's there's a debate sometimes as to whether it is automatic by the algorithm because it's just detected yeah. something that it labels as inappropriate, or yeah. whether it's been heavily reported by homophobic people and trolls. Because that does also Oh really. So yeah, it can, it can be quite challenging. And um, one of the other topics that you, str- you struggle to get reached by is sometimes when anything to do with trans work, like trans words, um, just generally trans content has yeah. really limited reach. And I and I I do believe it's deliberate. 
Yeah, right. And do you find the same on Instagram or it's it's mainly TikTok where we've... Less so, but still the same. So um, yeah. I think Instagram has slightly better censorship in terms of the 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 uh the acronym so i you can freely yeah. talk about um most terms i have a friend who is an, also a content creator who's asexual who has the opposite problem every time she does a, a live or she does any post that that say the word asexual she gets shadow banned or it gets removed and so what we're finding is it's like there's broad acceptance of probably some of the more commonly used terms and yeah. then the other parts of the algorithm who probably need the most support at this point in time because yes, the absolutely. world we live in are being yeah. more heavily censored. So it's it's a it's a real frustration. Um and it's a constant battle because you it's it's the stuff that you want to get out there to help educate, to help prevent these sorts of things, you know, being coded into technology. But then you, just, you don't get the visibility. Yeah. And so do you get uh, much of a response from, I don't know, is it the moderators or, you know? It's all automated. So you, you never, okay. ever talk to the person. So um, you can, um, if something gets taken down, you can, yeah. uh, what's the word? You can ask for a, a, a review, essentially. So you can be like, right. I think this was taken down incorrectly. Please put it back up. Yep. Um, I did have that with a, a satirical pansexual video. Uh, the, the audio was done by a friend of mine, and it's it's hilarious. Um, it's It was one of my best performing videos for a long time. And yes. it was taken down after a while because I think it was heavily reported by trolls. And I challenged it. I challenged the community guidelines violation. And I think... At that point, because it was, it had a lot, it had a significant amount of views. I think sometimes that's when it does get reviewed, maybe by a person. Whereas if it doesn't have that much view, that many views, I think sometimes they just let let the algorithm do it automatically, and you just can't get that content back. Yeah, wow, that's really interesting. Thank you. Now, um, what is your hope for Chameleon and Friends being out in the world? the book that is a great question because i there are there are things that there are hopes i had before it launched and hopes i have now it's actually coming up to the launch i think ultimately i just hope it gets read by people who maybe don't know the platform because i think obviously if, if there are people who are really big fans i'm sure they they may seek it out they may buy it yeah but i would really love to reach more people who maybe don't have resources available like you talk to about like schools and things like that or places where social media is you know more heavily uh, monitored like you know some kids won't necessarily be allowed to have Instagram or TikTok yeah. or things like that so it was funny that you mentioned you know it would be lovely to be in schools I, I would say that that's probably my hope for it is that it actually gets into the hands of people who don't have much available to just give them a little bit of like hope that there's visibility or help them learn something that they didn't know yeah beautiful no that's beautiful and i think it just brings such light to the world so thank you very much for creating it and um yeah i think that's a fantastic hope we have joe from blarney books and art and port ferry with our book review hello joe hey rob and what uh book do you have for us this week uh, this week, we have At Certain Points We Touch by Lauren John Joseph. Lauren John Joseph is a um, Londoner and also a playwright and a performance artist and a very, very articulate person who's written a very wonderful book. It's a, a difficult love story, I guess. There's two characters in there, um, particularly it's JJ and Thomas and their, their relationship 
together, which is volatile. And it's one of those sort of bad relationships that your friends advise you against. Her ex-lover has died and JJ is trying to sort out her feelings for Thomas. And at the start of the relationship, it becomes quite evident that JJ is a trans woman presenting as a gay man. And because Thomas is a difficult lover, his his politics are wonky, he's he's got this internalized homophobia. So I don't think he's he, he's not happy being in a gay relationship. Yeah. But for JJ, Thomas's ex was a woman called Lulu. And JJ feels that she might be replacing Lulu as Thomas's lover. But she hasn't completely come out about her transness as well. And Thomas doesn't embrace anything that's in her words, swishy or flowy or something like that. I can't remember the exact words, but he he recoils from any femininity that she tries to show. So it's an interesting relationship. It's it's violent and you worry a lot for JJ when you read through it. But obviously by then you know that her lover has has passed away. So she's come out the other side. But there's a lovely passage in the book which is interesting because it talks about how the writer slowly makes their appearance through life in the same way that a trans person comes comes to accept who they themselves are. So the passage goes, in the same way that I've passed from bisexual to gay to queer to trans, I had to move through various dis- disingenuous mutations as an artist before I could become that which I really am. It would have been as impossible for me to declare myself a serious writer back then as it would have been to definitively stake a claim on femininity. Neither seemed attainable modes of beings, except through disdainful irony. Wow. And so you were saying um, previously that there's a a really good interview with the author? There is. There's a wonderful interview with Lauren John-Joseph. It's online. If you look up Lauren John-Joseph, it's well worth listening to. Lauren's quite an extraordinary person. They're extremely articulate and... They're very wordy and just uh, well worth a listen. Yeah. And so this is um, fiction. Um, fiction, auto-fiction, possibly. There's a lot of Lauren John Joseph in this book and metafiction in the sense that there's kind of, she's writing to Thomas, but she's also writing about how she's writing to Thomas. The title, at certain points we touch, she said in that interview on um, YouTube, that she took that phrase from uh, John Ashbery, the poet, and there's a lot of truth in that, in that at certain points this book touches Lauren John Joseph's actual life in the same way that the two characters in the book come together. So they come together all over the world. It goes from London to San Francisco to Mexico to back to London and Greece and uh, New York, Berlin, I think is written in there. It's a worldly novel as well, and it's, it's filled to the brim with colourful characters and amazing scenes and it's just wonderful, yeah. Sounds great. So it's an exploration of, is it sort of structured in a way that it's an exploration of their relationship? But yeah. But we've got all of Lauren John Joseph coming through in terms of identity and... Yeah, and, and there's really lovely people in their life as they're talking about the life that she had with and without Thomas. And there's a, a man in there who's obviously would be perfect for her. And you're just uh, saying all the way through it, dump Thomas, go, go <laughs> yeah, this guy. Yeah. He's gorgeous. But obviously it's the bad boy that yeah. 
is compelling to to JJ. It's always the bad boys, Joe. Mm. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> That's fantastic. So at certain points we touch by Lauren John Joseph. Yes, it's a Bloomsbury publication. Excellent. Mm. Thank you very much, Joe. My pleasure, Rob. We'll talk to you next time. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, a question we ask all our guests is a writing question. Uh, so this could be around storytelling. Uh, so any advice or top tips outside of our fantastic uh, TikTok tips, so thank you, uh, for aspiring writers or storytellers out there or, you know, who are perhaps wanting to create in that digital space? I think my main tip would be to have a really strong idea in your mind. It doesn't. You don't have to necessarily have the story formulated but when I came up with the idea it was very much I'm going to use illustrated chameleons to talk about queer identity it was like that one sentence that I could sum up what my idea was once you have that you can spend time building around it you know taking things away adding things in but having that kind of locked in always is something you can refer to and just keeps you on track um, yep. and then I helped build my brand off the back of that because I had a really clear strong idea of what my whole thought was behind it Fantastic. That's great advice. Thank you. Uh, on the show, we also have a shout-out question. So firstly, how can listeners, and you should all be connected with Amy, but how, how can listeners connect with you on socials? Um, so professionally, if you do want to reach out to me, I, I do have LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm obviously Amy Wilson on LinkedIn. But then, yeah, uh, Follow me on either Instagram or TikTok. If you actually want to get in contact, Instagram's probably better because you can just send me a DM and my email information's all on there as well. But I'd love for people to reach out. The more people I can meet in this kind of like area, um, the better. Fantastic. And um, we we have show notes. So we'll have your Instagram and uh, links in there. And also, um, would you like to shout out any... LGBTIQA plus artists, books, art show, organizations, social media accounts. Um, and I'll just let the listeners know you've got this great resource at the back of the book as well, where you've got some fantastic organizations in there. There, There's two books that I would, I, I personally just found like deeply useful. And one was personally for me and my own sexuality, bisexual. And I had never read a book about my sexuality until last year. And it's by by Julia Shaw. And it's just a really deep dive into the sexuality, its history, the meanings, like pop culture. And it's just very thoughtfully written. Um, and I think anybody who is either discovering their sexuality or has even been very like confident or comfortable with it for a while, it's a really interesting read. Um, I learned a lot of things about myself that I just had never really thought about before. And then the second one, I mean, I'm still reading it currently, but it has words can't really describe it. But the transgender issue, um, an argument for justice by Sean Fay. And just if you're I was going to say in the UK or the US, but I mean, anywhere in the world and you care about trans rights and you want to understand the political landscape. Really, really, really important book. Um, and I can't wait to finish devouring it. And then one shout out for a um, an Instagram channel. Uh, if you are interested in, in just knowing more about different sexualities, um, this particular creator just is a wealth <laughs> of education, um, but they're called uh, Zoe Stoller. Um, I'll, obviously, I can give you the details after this, but 
they just make fantastic resources about every possible label that you could think exists and they're just done in a really like easy to digest completely unbiased just giving information and just lots and lots of resources if you just want to learn more about the community fantastic oh that's excellent yeah so as i mentioned we'll put those in the show notes and um yeah definitely get our um instagram following zoe that's great so we have our closing question for you, Amy Wilson, is what is your hope for the LGBTIQA plus community? I think I hope that we can just keep building the momentum that we've started to build in the last few years. I think it can be really difficult to keep to keep going sometimes, especially when it feels like we're quite disparate and we've all got our own issues. But I do think we're, we are starting to see a bit of a sea change. The census data and things are coming out in different countries and there are more of us than ever. <laughs> um, and so I just think it's a case of like, if you're feeling like you just, you know, don't you want to stop fighting or you just don't have the energy to keep kind of like um, fighting for our rights just to like reach out to somebody because I think we are doing such good work working together and I think we just have to keep maintaining that. That's beautiful. Thank you. And absolutely, that stronger together, particularly when there are parts of our communities which are, are you know, are really under attack so no thank you thank you so much amy i honestly could chat to you for hours but we should definitely know. do that tiktok one i'd love to, i would love to chat more about it i am it's one of the things yeah. i'm so passionate about so yeah. if you ever chat about it feel free like absolutely that sounds great thank you oh so much fun <laughs> please check out our show notes on words and nerds blarney books and art and rwrmcdonald.com for links, reviews, and the interview transcript. Until next time, this is QWS Podcast.